Hey everyone, welcome to Sit, Stay, Download. We're a podcast about dogs and dog training, and our goal is to inspire you to go out and build on your relationship with your dog. My name is Janelle, and I'm a trainer with Jan Animals Dog Training. And I'm here with my awesome co-host, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, everybody. Okay, so here's the thing. Caitlin doesn't want me to refer to her as a dog trainer, which is totally fine. Um, but Caitlin, I think I think we have to come up with some sort of title for you so that when we're doing our inter- introductions, you know, I can say I'm Janelle and I'm a train a dog trainer and, and this is Caitlin Blank. Dog enthusiast? That okay. makes me sound like a weirdo. Um, okay, well, I have some options ready. Okay. okay? So mm-hmm. you can pick your favorite one. And dog enthusiast was my first was my first one, but I also thought it sounded kind of weird. But here, here are some other ideas, okay? Mm-hmm. Caitlin, person who knows a lot about dogs in general. I feel Kate- lukewarm about this. Okay, Caitlin knows how to train dogs, but isn't a trainer. <laughs> kind of like that one. Okay, Caitlin, life coach for dogs. Okay, I feel like I feel like I'm making up credentials if we give me the title life coach. So, yep. Okay, we'll move on. Caitlin, casual canine advisor. Ooh, that's fun. Tailwig promoter. I can't with that one. (laughs) I have a couple more that are my favorite, actually. Okay. I have knower of dog brains, pet cuddle administrator, or Caitlin, executive officer of anxiety. (laughs) Could we do? Could we do? Caitlin, knower of dog brains and executive <laughs> officer of anxiety. Could I be a combo? You, I think you can. The last one I have is actually my true favorite. Caitlin, professional dog treat dispenser. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I was walking around my neighborhood tonight with uh, dog treats in a fanny pack. I feel like that just says so much about you who you are but i mean you know what you can sleep on it i just gave you you know a lot a lot of options we can you know we can return to this if you think but then i also do have here that you are a dog person a cat person an animal lover a pet foster parent a shelter volunteer a fundraiser a rescue worker and that one friend you call when you have a problem with your dog and you'll be over in like two minutes so you actually do have a pretty awesome title, I think. Yeah. Those are nice things to say. Hmm. Let's move on to Critter Commotion. All right. I have such a good story about my land today. And I hear, Janelle, that you might also have a story from your world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. We live in the land of Zoom meetings right now, right? And so, like, my pets are heavily involved in every... They're featured in every Zoom call that I have. 
uh, I've been on the phone with the bank and had cats walk across the screen. And, you know, everybody's just kind of used to it. Well, I had a meeting with animal people yesterday. And uh, the puppy woke up in the middle of the meeting. I have a puppy. And so I had to let the puppy outside. But of course, I let the puppy outside and the neighbor's dog start to bark. And so now there's barking in my meeting. And so I'm trying to help them meet each other so that the barking stops because it usually settles down after a minute. So I've got my microphone on mute when I'm trying to run a meeting and I've got the dogs doing the thing. So eventually the dog does what they need to do and back in we come. So I've already carried my meeting outside and back. Now the dog needs to be fed. So I have to carry it over baby gates and into the dog feeding area. I keep disappearing from the screen. I keep like tripping and the camera's all over the place and still trying to run a meeting during all of this. <laughs> and then I bring the dog food outside because I figure, you know, the dog can play outside and uh, I will continue running the meeting and she can eat if she's ready. She's not interested. She wants to go back inside. So I go to go back I dump dog food all over the floor. I drop the dish, dog food everywhere, a mix of wet, dry uh, water. And so I sit in the doorway trying to prevent the cats from walking into the foyer and starting to eat the dog food, but they're cats. So they just climb over me because I'm not a great barricade for cats. And so, so now I've got all of the animals eating all the food off the floor. They share it beautifully. And I'm sitting on the floor still trying to host. I just gave up. I just, we, uh, we just waited for everybody to eat all the food. So you're like one of those hilarious viral people who just have chaos in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I have very nice people in my land who, uh, you know, thought it was hilarious and all have animals themselves and totally get what it's like to have a puppy. I mean, I think it's especially funny because the whole thing just ended in your complete and utter defeat. So what was what was your situation? Does it involve you being heavily embarrassed? Um, no, actually. So... This actually happened this morning. I dropped Link off at school um, and on my way home, well, actually on my way to get coffee and then go home, I saw a loose dog. This happens, I know this happens too frequently. So I pulled over, I took a few pictures of it just in case and called animal control. And animal control in our town is just one guy. So he's always been really nice and helpful. And I told him where I was and. He was like, okay, I should be able to get there in about 15 minutes. Can you wait that long? And okay, so I wasn't really expecting to have to wait. I thought I'd maybe just tell him sort of where the dog is and be on my merry way and he would come get it. Okay. But I was like, of course, of course I can wait that long. I had a mission. Follow this dog around for 15 minutes in my car. And then, you know, just keep an eye on him until animal control <laughs> came. <laughs> and I should, <laughs> I should probably mention this because this is important this dog was a basset hound a purebred basset hound and of course the thing about basset hounds is that they are hounds so his nose was jammed to the ground right the entire time he was so focused on smelling everything he might have even been tracking the scent of a squirrel or something from what it looked like and so he was just oblivious he kept weaving across the street and going through people's yards and ending up on the other side of their yard in the back alley and 
I followed him kind of in this, we went from this really busy street to this uh, residential street to this back alley and kind of back over and over again. For about 10 minutes, I did this. And, and I have to say, every time I saw his little head and his like giant ears kind of emerge from a bush somewhere, I'd get this little kick of adrenaline like, I'm doing this. This is my life now. It was like <laughs> I was tracking the ha- the Basset Hound. I was the hound, Caitlin. I became You're the, the extension, extension of animal control and extension <laughs> of the hound. It gave, I think it gave my life a little bit of perspective. I thought it was kind of funny and everything worked out in the end. But that's good. It was fun being a Basset Hound for the morning. (laughs) Trying to like anticipate the Basset Hound's next move and whatnot. It's interesting to me that it was also a Basset Hound. That's a very odd dog to see wandering about. That's kind of why I immediately sort of locked on and knew it wasn't a stray dog. It wasn't a street smart dog, you know? Yeah, it was Lady, not the Tramp. Exactly. That's always, it's so tough when you run into those situations and you're on the way to somewhere and you know that you're morally obligated to help this canine, but you're just stressed about it. I know. And it's especially hard. I I find when I've got one or two of the kids in the back because I can't do much. Normally, you know, I'd have a leash, I'd go out, I'd leash the dog, I'd bring them into my car to make sure they're safe, and then I'd wait. (laughs) It sounds, I'm making this sound like it happens every week, but I mean, it does happen pretty often. And it's just, I think, because we're the type of people who do stop and help help the dogs. You know, 99% of the people are just driving by. Yes. I don't know. I consider, it's my superhero power is stopping for the dog that looks lost. It is your superhero power. You too! Should we maybe go into a really important training element? I think so. So something on this podcast that we were talking about was having one of our segments be training and troubleshooting. Because what I want is for people to be able to listen to what we have to say, shut off the podcast, and actually be able to go and work with their dog and learn something. And, you know, the more you listen, the more you learn... Maybe we'll actually be able to help some people. That's the dream. Okay. So we're going to do sort of a mini, a mini training session today as our first one. And uh, we thought that name recognition was a good place to start because that is pretty much the best place to start when you first get a puppy. It is. And it's so disorienting as somebody who just recently got a new puppy to say the animal's name and have them look like not even a little bit look at you like not even they do they do not care (laughs) they're just like yeah you made a noise you made a noise five minutes ago what's different about this noise and when you've had an older dog that like you whisper their name and they're like yeah what's up uh it's it's a big learning curve so this is a really good thing to establish first (laughs) Explain what name recognition is. is. The uh, the ability for the animal to not only recognize its name, but to give you some attention when you say their name. So sometimes, preferably, that attention is eye contact, but sometimes that attention is honestly even just having their ears perk in your direction or have their attention shift so that you can pull them away from situations that might be dangerous or situations that might be 
just a bad idea. Yeah, and that focus part, that's really important because truly you can't ask your dog to do anything for you until they're listening to you. They need to know their name, and most dogs learn their names pretty naturally, pretty quickly, but you you want it to be a very strong association so that they will look at you and pay attention to you when you say their name. So that's what we call name recognition in the dog world, and there is actually a way that you can train it and reinforce it and make it stronger. So what do you do? Well, first of all, you need to make that dog know that that sound that you're making when you say their name means that everything amazing in the universe happens and it comes from you. So it could be all the liver. It could be the best treats you can find, some hot dogs, whatever it happens to be. It can be all the the good dogs in the world that you want to shower on your puppy Um, or your older dog. It works just as well with older dogs. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's, a good way to start saying the thing and just showering praise and when they respond yes and as you mentioned people always ask if they can change their dog's name after they are adopted and absolutely you can you know you might need to do a little bit more of this name recognition but you know if you start getting your dog to associate all of the good things in the world that you just mentioned with their name then you're going to get their attention. So you're going to want to strengthen that ability as much as possible. And you mentioned something earlier that you have already been doing with your puppy, and that's having rewards kind of just all over your house. Why is that important? Yeah, um, it's important for a few different reasons. One is sometimes your dog does something amazing and you're not expecting it. And having rewards everywhere <laughs> as a possibility means that you can give them that jackpot awesome bonus treat without having to completely walk away from the really exciting behavior. So for instance, um, just a separate example, we'll talk about this behavior more in another on another day. But if the puppy makes the decision not to chase a cat, and I haven't given a command and I haven't told them not to chase the cat and they just demonstrated that impulse control. I have treats everywhere. So they could be showered with treats every time they make the right decision in any given moment. And what's important about that is that you are using this reinforcement in everyday situations. So, you know, there's a time for training where you stand in your kitchen and you go through all of the things and you give you give the treats at the right time. But I think the real training and the real important training is happening just throughout the day. I That is my mantra as like just every time you see something you want tell the dog that that's what you want so often we focus on the things that we don't want but that leaves the dog lost because they know they're not supposed to bark but they don't know what the alternative is and so when you have the opportunity to reinforce something like you're sitting on the couch and the puppy's laying down and you say valkyrie and their ears perk up or they look at you then you have the opportunity to get them a treat even when they weren't expecting it and that's ideal Um, So let's let's recap, just let's recap and sort of condense name recognition. So if I'm trying to teach name recognition, what do I do? I can even practice it right now. Tell me what to do, Janelle. So step one is wait until your dog is not looking at you. So step one accomplished. Pretty easy. (laughs) Step two, say your dog's name in a very bright and happy way. 
fuckery. Now, as soon as your dog turns to look at you, at this point, you don't, it doesn't need to be eye contact. It, when you're just starting out, it just needs to be that they they just turn a little bit to look at you. You're going to either mark that with a clicker or a word, like good or yes, and give a treat. Give praise, food, or play. And that's it. So, okay, I've gotten to that stage. I say the name, dog turns towards me. How do I make it stronger so that it's not just that the dog turns towards me, but maybe they make eye contact or they listen to what I say next or whatever it happens to be? How do I move on from that? Okay, so everything in dog training is building upon what you've already accomplished. Let's say your dog sort of looks towards you when you say their name. What you're going to do now, step one, wait until your dog is not looking at you. Step two, say their name in a bright and happy tone. And this time, don't use your marker word, good, yes, or clicker, until your dog is looking at you. And once they look at you or once they make eye contact, that's when you go, yes, good, give the treat immediately. And that is how you build on things, baby steps. So what would be the next step once your dog is looking at you when you say their name. You might want your dog to come to you and sit in front of you when you say their name. So your dog is really good now at looking at you when you say their name. That's awesome. You might want them to come now and sit in front of you. So what you're going to do, step one, wait until your dog is not looking at you. Step two, say their name. And what you're going to do now is wait a little bit. So they might look at you and and think, okay, why am I not getting my treat right now? We've practiced this so many times. Like, why am I not getting a treat? I am looking at my person. And your dog is going to start to try and figure out what they need to do to get that reward. And so they might take a step towards you. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to mark that with a click or your word, and you're going to give them a treat. And the next time you do it, they're going to take a step and you're not going to give them a treat. And they're going to think, okay, really? (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, no, I think this is an important point because a lot of times you tell people about this and you tell people about marking successive approximations of behavior, which is what you're talking about. And they're like, that's not going to work. And you know what? It often does not work with humans because humans try to predict what you're looking for. Humans try to offer behaviors that they assume you want, whereas a dog is just moving towards you or is they're just doing anything because they don't know where you're headed. They don't know that eventually you want them to sit in front of you. So they're actually very easily motivated to continue guessing. Yes, exactly. And it's your job as a as their trainer or their person to mark the behavior that you want. So wait until you see what you want at that point in time and mark it. And when we talk about marking a behavior, some people use clickers, some people use a word like yes or good, and that just bridges the behavior to the reward. Okay, so 
You've done all of this. You've got it so that when you're talking to your dog in the house, you say their name, they look at you, and as long as there aren't too many distractions around, they pay attention. But how do you get your dog to pay attention to you even when there's distractions around with this name recognition stuff? What do you need to practice to make sure that can happen? Distractions! Yeah, you need to practice distractions. <laughs> and it's not always easy though, right? Because a lot of your training happens in the home and they get used to that. You have to try and find your own distractions. And, and you can start by using toys, leaving toys out or leaving food out, and then trying to do uh, the name recognition and see if they, if you say their name, see if they look at you and get up off the couch and come to you without going to eat the yummy treats in the kitchen or without just running to the tennis ball and completely ignoring you. So those would be some initial distractions I would add in. The next step would be to take it outside. Outside is so distracting for dogs. Oh, their poor noses. There's just so many things to Can you to imagine? Smell. Outside is just insane for them. So you know, definitely remember that when you move from inside to outside, you have to give your dog a little bit of grace, a lot of grace. I would even start from the I would even start from the beginning when you go outside and you would start from step one. Wait until your dog's not looking at you. Say their name and when they just start turning towards you, that's when you mark and reward. You almost have to start all over again. Yes, I've had to explain that to a few people where I say they say, but they know this. And I say, do they know it in every context? Because if they don't know it in every context, then they don't know it. And I think a common mistake that people make is thinking that because their dog can do something in one circumstance, they're able to do it in every circumstance. And they'll be out on a walk and all of a sudden there's a bike and another dog and there's 15 other things happening and it smells so amazing. And they do this thing that they've been practicing in their boring house with all its old smells and familiar like situations and they think they're going to get the same result and it's just not the case so practicing with those distractions is really going to help you make sure you've got reliable behavior and think about how important and amazing this one thing actually is you know you mentioned people biking and other dogs and all these things that might happen can you imagine just being able to go out and walk your dog and when when you see something that you think they might react to, all you have to do is say their name and they look at you. I mean, that's really helpful. Yes. Goodness, is it ever. And it's as simple as just taking the time to practice before habits develop. And that's why we want to start with this particular topic, because you can build so much on this one thing. So I definitely encourage everyone to, even if you've had your dog for a while, if you have a new dog, it's springtime, great time to adopt. Now, um, go out there and see what happens when you say your dog's name and see if you can see if you can make that connection stronger. So we are hoping to finish off our podcast with a little bit of a sunshine moment of positivity, because we also think that's how training sessions should end off. So my moment is that my puppy, for the first time, with the bells that we have at the back door, asked out only to go pee. She has started asking out to go uh, poop, but not to pee. 
And it was very exciting because we're still having quite a few accidents inside, which is totally understandable. She's still just a baby. But uh, that first moment when she asked outside for that, oh, it was so exciting. It was like the light at the end of a tunnel that we know is still pretty long. Yay! Valkyrie used the bells. Yeah! It's such a good tool. And she's picking up on it. It really is. Yeah, she is. And she's already gotten it for, like, when she really has to go to the bathroom, she will go and she'll tap on those bells. And it's different. Sometimes she plays tug with them, too, because, you know, they're exciting. But it's very different when she goes because she has a purpose. When she goes for a purpose, she just touches them with her nose. And it's very exciting because then she's not barking. But she gets to be very clear in asking out. These are the moments we live for. Indeed. (laughs) Thank you for your sunshine moment. Absolutely. We hope that you can join us again in two weeks when we release our next episode, where we will be discussing everything from training tips to dog shenanigans. Anything really dog-related that may help you in your journey to making your relationship with your dog stronger. Questions, comments, hilarious dog stories you want to share? email us at sitstaydownload at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Sit, Stay, Download.